Thanks for listening to The River's Podcast. For more information on this teaching, visit our website at theriver.info. Hey, friends. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day for me and Barkley. And when we say Happy Mother's Day, we don't mean fluffy, you know, superficial happiness. When we say Happy Mother's Day, we're wishing you a joyful day to this, on this day. The, the thing that Jesus was talking about in John 10, he said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. That's what we're wishing you on this Mother's Day. Or what we read from the Old Testament prophet Nehemiah who would say this, the joy of the Lord is our strength. When we say Happy Mother's Day, right, Bark, you agree with me? Yeah, you do. We're wishing that the joy of the Lord would be your strength on this day. And I'm wishing that to two groups of people today. I know that there's two groups of people. I'm wishing it to those of you for whom Mother's Day is a great, easy day to be happy on. For those of you who it's easy to be happy on Mother's Day, man, I pray that that happiness would move to deep-rooted joy. And that you would celebrate your mom today or celebrate the memory of your mom today. The second group, though, is it's a bit different than that. But I'm also wishing you, the second group, a happy, joyous Mother's Day. Mother's Day for many is a painful day because mom was, well, mom might have been a stinker, right? Brokenness has happened, sinful things happen, and, and maybe it's pain because mom is gone or maybe just because of this COVID-19, you can't be by with your mom and it's a heavy day. And in the midst of that, for whatever reason, if this is a heavy day, I pray that the Lord would give you a deep-seated joy that transcends circumstance. So whether you're in group A, group B, group one, group two, Barkley and I want to say to you on this Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day. I want to talk to you today about absolute power and absolute love. And I want to talk to you about Barkley and Yellowstone National Park. Let's be clear. This guy right here, if you're listening on our podcast, you can find the River's YouTube page and look at what I'm talking about. I'm pointing at Barkley. He's 155 pounds of powerful dog. But when it comes to power, let's be clear. I am much more powerful than him, and he knows it. I weigh about 40 pounds more than him. I have opposable thumbs. I can drive a car. I can hold a weapon. When it comes to power, I have power over this dog that could lead me to live in power and authority strictly over him. Power. However, as a dog owner, I don't want to interact with my dog. I don't want to interact with you that way, Barkley, and you don't want me to. Instead of our relationship to be based upon solely my power over him, I want our relationship to be Well, I want it to be a relationship that's based on love. And even though I'm more powerful, I want it to be based on, to some degree, mutuality. I want love to be the rule in the relationship with this hound. And therefore, I take some of my power and my opposable thumbs and I lay it aside. Because love is what I want with this dog. Honestly, I don't want a dog relationship where the dog only fears me. I want a relationship where the dog actually likes my company. Now, here's the deal. Because I've set aside power in our 
a human-dog relationship, some crazy things have happened. Because I've let him off leash, so to speak, man, this guy has been a stinker, and some brokenness has entered into his world. Did you know that? A couple stories I'm thinking of. Because we gave him freedom and we chose to live that way where power is subservient to my love and wanting to be in love with, uh, relationship with the dog, this guy, when he was younger, after Christy had slaved all day making dinner for the family, when he was a young guy, a young puppy, he ate a whole pan of lasagna. Ooh, was Christy mad. Could have been avoided had we only lived in a power-based relationship. I could have kept him on a short leash and made him do what I want. He wouldn't have done that. There was another time, embarrassingly, maybe I'll whisper because he's a little uh, self-conscious about this. One of our children's friend's mother came over to pick up their kid. And Barkley found her leg to be particularly attractive and got a little amorous with said leg. Now, if you have a chihuahua who's attracted to your friend's leg, it's no big deal. But if you're 155 pounds and you're attracted to leg, that is just scary for everybody and embarrassing. Could have been avoided had we lived power only over the dog. But because we let him off leash and set aside some of the power and uphold the love, some awful things happened. You know, some awful things happened to him as well. When we went to the dog park a number of years ago, I let him off leash to just run around. And he was playing with two Bernese Mountain Dogs, so friendly. They were all wrestling. And Barkley stood up to wrestle on his back legs, and the other one hit him, and the other one hit him. It was a friendly thing. It wasn't a mean thing. And he tore his doggy ACL. Wouldn't have happened had I kept him on a tight leash and lived in power and control over this guy because I wanted him to have freedom and joy and to experience joy in life and love in life. He tore his doggy ACL. Bummer. You see, when, when, you, when you take love and power and you have them side by side, they're seemingly at odds. And when you put the power aside, sometimes bad things happen because you're out of control. You're not in control. But because we've set power aside in this relationship between me and my dog, you know what else we get? We get a dog who's phenomenal. We get a dog who experiences freedom like few other dogs I know. I mean, he gets to, I mean, look at him. He gets to come to church with me and stay on stage. He gets to hang out with me as much as he wants. He gets many WALKs as he wants. Can't say that word too loud. He gets treats. He gets groomed. He gets pet. This dog gets, I mean, his dog life is good. And I'll tell you what, because we've chosen the way of love over power with him, this guy right here is an obedient guy, and he knows to obey the commands, because the commands have come with wooing and drawing into relationship. And out of that wooing of the dog, right, sometimes we give him treats and he knows it. Sometimes we brush his hair and he likes it. Sometimes we get to do this. He really likes this. Watch this. He loves when you get to pet him right here. Is that your favorite spot? Yeah. Oh, I know. We give him treats. Because we've chosen the way of love with this dog, our lives are fuller and his life is fuller because love is better. Where are you going? Love, when it comes to dog relationships, is better than power. Do you agree? Give me five. No five? Come on. Give me five. That a boy. Now let's lie down right here for a minute. Just lay back down. Lay back down. Take a nap. We're not done talking. Well, that's dogs. That's Barkley. 
to recap, to live in love with your dog is better than power with a dog, even though some crazy things happen. Yellowstone National Park. We've been there a number of times as a family. When you go to the national park, you have to go through a gate and you have to register. There's all kinds of hoops that you have to jump through. However, the national park people decided a long time ago, 1872 to be exact, when Teddy Roosevelt instituted the first national park, Yellowstone National Park, decided that the national park would be a thing of winsomeness and invitation for the sake of others experiencing beauty. And because the national park system is built on invitation and winsomeness, 328 million people visited national parks last year alone. Here's the deal. The national park system could promote themselves on the basis of the power they have over their visitors. Right? The rangers could carry firearms wherever they go, and they could work with intimidation and walk through the campgrounds like this and scowl and be angry. But instead, the rangers are some of the most friendly and wonderful people. And those who, you know, take your money when you drive in are encouraging and inviting. And, well, quite frankly, they choose the way of love over the way of power, even though legally they have every right to live in power over everyone who walks in or drives into the park. And 328 million people last year got to experience the wonders of the outdoors. When power is set aside, love and joy abound. But let's be clear, when power is set aside from a Yellowstone perspective, some stupid things happen. There's a book, I'm not sure if I recommend it. I kind of liked it. It's a bit weird. It's called Death in Yellowstone. This book, Death in Yellowstone, we actually read it the first time. I had Christy read it while I was driving into the National Park. It is just what you would describe. Over the 100-plus years of its history, a reporter went back and found all the newspaper articles about people who have died in Yellowstone. And a vast majority of people who died in Yellowstone died because they were stupid and did dumb things. Like, hmm, what if I'd go swimming in that hot spring? Boil. What if I would try to pet that grizzly bear? Lunch. What if I would try to ride that buffalo? A vast majority of the deaths in Yellowstone, all of them could have been avoided had the national park system decided to rule their parks with power and control. And yet because the national park system was based on the concept of invitation and winsomeness, the national park system has set aside some of the power so that love rules the day. Absolute love, absolute power. Barkley, Yellowstone. Pandemics. Here's what we know from the Scriptures. We know from the Scriptures that God is love. We read in 1 John 3.16, we know what love is in this, that Christ died for us. And that old one that you all learned in, in 
Sunday school, if you went to Sunday school, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God loved, therefore he gave. In fact, Christianity, it's a love relationship. It's a love religion. The whole story of Jesus through Christmas and Easter and what he's done for us is nothing more than a love story. God loves us, absolutely loves us. You are special and you are dear to him. The love he has for you is greater than anything you've ever seen or known. Absolute love and absolute power. We also know from the scriptures that God created the world by speaking it into existence. Genesis 1 and 2, he just speaks, he just breathes, and the world happens. We know that the angels in the scriptures are so powerful and so pervasive in their strength. We read stories in the Old Testament about one angel whooping 185,000 of the bad guys. One angel, 185,000 bad guys. And yet when the angels, these powerful beings, get in the presence of God, all they can do, we read in Isaiah 6 and in different parts in Revelation, all these powerful beings, these angels can do in the presence of God is sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty because God is all-powerful. And he's all love. Powerful love, powerful power. Pandemics. Have you ever wondered these past six, seven, eight weeks why we have pandemics? Of course you have, most of you. And and the thinking goes along these lines. If God is all loving, which he is, And if he's all-powerful, which he is, why do we have pandemics? Couldn't he in his power enter in and remove all the bad things that happen in his life? I propose to you that, yes, God could remove all bad things that happen. Boom, he could just like that. I propose to you that I could make this dog never do anything bad again. I could chain him up, keep him in a cage. I could bring power. I guarantee you that Yellowstone National Park can make sure that nobody does anything stupid again if they came with power. God could bring judgment against all broken things in planet Earth. There will be a day, quite frankly, the Bible tells us, where there will be no more pain, no more suffering, no more tears. There will be a day when God brings his power against those painful things like COVID-19. And man, isn't it painful and scary? We read in the book of Revelation, that there will be a day where there's no more weeping, no more tears, no more pain. Which begs the question, why not now? If he's all-powerful, why not now? And the answer can be found in a few places. 1 Timothy and 2 Peter, John 3, 16, 1 John 3. The answer to why not now is because God desires for none to perish, but for all to be saved. Second Peter. We see that God is withholding his wrath against broken things because he doesn't want to judge that which is apart from him, human speaking, yet. See, when God unleashes his power, we read in Revelation, the end, chapter 20, that those whose names isn't written in the book of life will be banished to eternal lake of fire. But God doesn't desire that for people. He desires for people to enter into a loving relationship with him. Yet when God brings his judgment against sin and its impact, COVID-19 is impact from sin. 
those who are apart from Jesus will also be judged along with the nasty things that happen in planet Earth. See, here's the deal. Adam and Eve had this choice. They too were butted up against the realities that God's all-powerful and all-loving. He chose to love them more than to power over them, and he gave them the choice to obey or not to obey. And they chose to disobey, and in so doing, sin entered into the world, their personal lives, and sin entered literally into the world. And because we're on this side of Eden, because of sin... Things are broken and awful things have happened throughout world history, including COVID-19 right now. And God is withholding the power right now that could fix it. Because we know from the scriptures that when he brings judgment against broken things, those who don't yet know Jesus will receive the judgment that was not meant for them, but that is for the brokenness and the sin effect on planet Earth. And so we often at the river talk about a sin shirt, right? Jesus sees sin in our lives and it's like a nasty garment. And some garments are so ugly they deserve to be judged. Jesus, in his grace and his mercy, because what he did on the cross and coming out of the tomb, he takes our sin shirt from us. The shirt, which is sin and ugly, deserves to be a judge, right? And he'll judge and say, that is ugly. But once he takes it off of us, he gives us a new and clean garment. We read in 2 Corinthians, those in Christ are a new creation. The old is gone. Everything is new. He gives us a new judgment-free shirt. And he takes the judgment on the shirt, and he judges the shirt apart from the person who once wore it. And when that judgment comes across the board, those who have yet to let Jesus remove the sin shirt, the judgment will come upon all broken things. So there will be no more tears. There will be no more pain. There will be no COVID-19s, tornadoes, earthquakes. There will be none of that. But also those who are still in their sin shirt will receive the judgment that brokenness desires. And instead of being free from that judgment because the sin shirt is still on them and they've not yet chosen to let Jesus take it off, They're going to receive the judgment, and as Revelation tells us, they'll be banished apart from God forever. Absolute love, absolute power. It's the conundrum that we find ourselves in when we face things like COVID-19. Why does this happen? I tell you, if you understand the theological thinking we've been doing here as we've talked about dogs in national parks, The reason we have painful things on this side of heaven and this side of Eden, living in between, C.S. Lewis calls it the shadow lands, is because God loves us and desires none to perish. Why is there COVID-19? Because God loves us and desires none to perish. Why do we have crazy broken things like COVID-19? Because God loves us and desires none to perish. He desires all to be saved, Peter would write. He desires all to be saved. So he's withholding his power of judgment against sin and its consequence because he desires all to be saved and none to perish. And my prayer for everyone out here is that in the midst of these, the shadowlands, these broken days where God has taken some of his power and set it aside, And thus, we have crappy things happen. Even in the midst of the crappy things, I pray that you would experience the all-consuming love that the Father has for you. All-powerful, all-loving. And right in the middle of it is God's heart for you. See, here's the deal. Even having given him his leash, so to speak, 
I can kind of steer the day. Even with some of my power being set aside, I can still work in his favor. And it's true for God, even with God withholding that power, which will bring judgment on broken things, he is still working for you. And I want you to hear these truths from Romans 8. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. If God is for us, who can be against us? He is all-powerful. He is all-loving. Why? Is there a pandemic? Because dogs are better when they're loved, and national parks are enjoyed more when there's freedom. Peace. Thanks for listening. For more information, check us out online at theriver.info.